warm welcome and already I just sense the spirit of God in this church and you know what a great worship team. See young men and women. You put that there for this folks, sorry, I don't need that. What a great young worship team. Just praising God like that. You see so many young people. Just praising God. I'll just chat away to you anew because my Bible fell and I lost my place. <laughs> Amen. Okay. If that didn't move you this morning, take your pulse, you could be dead. Or ask God to break your heart. You know, these are real lives. They all look clean cut now. They're still on a journey. They're not finished. We're not into building superstars. We're not into putting people up to testify for any kind of support. Buildings cost a lot of money. And unfortunately, we need them. But it's what happens in the building that's more important than the building. Yeah. It's the ministry of the Holy Spirit changing young men so they can go and get released and live the life that God intended them to live and get what we, some people take for granted. We take for such a blessing of God. Um, you know, they were lying in gutters. They were in prison, as you heard. And Teen Challenge has been gone about 26 years now. God has been faithful. Um, he has provided through normal people Giving a pound a week, a couple of cans of coke, whatever it is a week, I don't know. But that's why we've never asked for a lot, because a pound is a lot of money these days. But nevertheless, it's the word of God that's changed people's lives. And that's what we've got in Teen Challenge. We refuse to compromise, we refuse to move it. You know, we won't be motivational speakers. We won't put social things around it. We live by faith, we walk by faith. The whole thing's about faith. And if you don't like it, embrace persecution and have a great life. Or avoid it at the cost of not having his presence and the anointing. Right. You see, we were not built for entertainment. You'll never beat the world at it. But boy, if we got something that the world can't buy and the world can't take it away, and it's priceless, you couldn't buy it with silver or gold. So this morning, I just want to, if you've got your Bible, turn with me to Daniel chapter 3. Daniel chapter 3, you know the, the story of three young men, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, who loved God. Daniel chapter 3, you know, I'll, I'll just paraphrase some of the story before I get to the main point. Three young men who were in a foreign land, and let me just say this, in the natural, in the world, in the natural, it's going to get worse. But in the spiritual, it's going to get better. There are storms coming that are going to shake people's faith. Let me say this as well before I preach this message. Faith does not make your life easy. Faith does not make your life easy, but it does make all things possible with God. Can you say amen? Faith is not the absent of trouble. It's having faith in spite of it that stands strong. I believe the modern church has become problem conscious rather than conscious of the greatness of God. Now, I'm not against counselling, but we've got counselling for everything. I'll tell you, when revival comes, a lot of people's ministries are going to fold because we won't need it. 
just when you were getting to like us. You think it'd be all right if it wasn't for him? And I'm not against that. Let me give you an example. Maybe um, eight years ago, when I was um, up in Scotland with Teen Challenge up there, a young man came into my office and said, I don't get on with brother so-and-so. And at first I was going to start a whole load of counselling and, well, it was a personality clash and everything else. And the Holy Spirit came on me and I said this to him, listen, this is not a counselling issue. You need to repent. Because the Bible says you have to love your brother. You cannot counsel out sin. What a lot of nonsense. Get a life and grow up. And love your brother. You don't need counseling. You need to die to yourself just a little bit more. Sorry, it gets better. It's a good ending. Nah, I'm only joking there, isn't it? <laughs> Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are in a foreign land. They're Christians. They're young men of faith. There's a decree that's been made up. It looks like men are making it up, but it's a devil to squeeze the life and challenge faith and challenge God's men. There's a spirit behind it. It's not flesh and blood. You cannot... You cannot take on spiritual warfare with secular principles. You need the power of God. And these young men, this Nebuchadnezzar builds a statue and said, I want everybody to worship it. I want everybody to bow down. I want you to mold to what I'm doing. It's a challenge to these three young men's faith. And these three young men, absolutely, it's one of the most courageous stands for Christ, I think, in the Bible, outside of Jesus going to the cross. They're on absolutely display to a nation. They've got everything against them. And King Nebuchadnezzar, it said he became furious and angry at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And we pick it up in verse 17. Sorry, verse 19. Then Nebuchadnezzar was furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And his attitude towards them changed. He ordered the furnace to be heated seven times hotter than usual and commanded some of the strongest soldiers in his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the furnace. So these men, wearing their robes, trousers, turbans, and other clothes, were bound and thrown into a blazing furnace. The king command was so urgent and the furnace so hot that the flames killed the men who were taking up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You know, we was their God then. They were dying just putting them in. Our God was already in the fire waiting for his saints. Hallelujah. And these three young men, firmly tied, being put into the blaze. Then Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement and asked the advisors, wasn't three young men threw into the fire? And they replied, certainly, O king. He said, look, I see four walking round in the fire, an unnamed, and a fourth that looks like the son of the gods. Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blaze and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out here. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire, 
and the straps, the perfect, the governors and the royal advisors crowded them. They saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies, nor was their hair of their heads even shrinched. The robes were not scorched, and there was no smell of fire on them. Just before we get there, just one last verse, and then we'll get into this sermon. As he was putting them in, and they asked to get bowed down, they said this, Oh, King, we are careful not to answer you. God, God is able to deliver us. And all the Pentecostals went, Amen. It's the next bit that gets me. <clears throat> but if he doesn't. Now, where is the faith today? But if he doesn't. Because God owes you nothing. I know it's not going to be a popular message, but I'll tell you, I feel God put this word in my heart for you this morning. I've studied it and I've been seeking God for it. And the first thing I want to say to you, and, 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 and the, my first point is this. There was a conviction in these young men. And the conviction was this. God is able. I want to tell you, instead of a problem consciousness, and people telling us how hard it is out there, and when he said the fields are ripe for harvest, I don't care how hard it is. Have faith in the word of God. God is able to do what he says he can do. Hallelujah to our God. I want to tell you the seed is good. It's the ground that's not great. If this seed finds a ground of belief and faith, it will explode. You will do great exploits. You will go to places where naturally you wouldn't want to go and do things you wouldn't naturally do because I believe we have got great books, how to get the anointing, how to build a big church, how to, how to. What about putting them all back and just saying this? God is asking one question this morning. Do you believe? Never mind how to. Who's going to believe God again to do great things? Hallelujah. God is able to do more abundantly than you ask or think or can even imagine. Hallelujah. God is able this morning to come into your situation. But the first thing we need to get back is a conviction. It brings confidence. There's a conviction here. Our God is able. He's able to lift a burden this morning that's too heavy for you. He's able to change circumstances. He's able to heal you in your body this morning. Do we still believe in healing? There's diseases killing people. We need the power of God. We need somebody to believe in the healing power of Christ and put my hands on. Not because I feel anything. Not because I'm looking at myself. But I'm believing there's a great God who wants to heal people. God is able this morning to do that. God is able to break fear, phobias and addictions. He's able to bring the backslider back. He's able to bring prodigals. I want to tell you, he's able to bring revival to the city. Oh, friends, I know you're saying yes. I said he's able to bring revival to this town. Elkison, to bring a God consciousness. Do we believe for that again? Oh, for, for the anointing that breaks the yoke. He is able. Some of the fruits of no compromise and its result. And because of their faith and because of their stand, my second point is, as a result of suffering in that fire, they had sweet fellowship with Christ. Is there anything more comforting in a storm 
Is there anything more comforting when you're going through the fire than the Christ? Than the comforting words of Christ that he's standing with you in that suffering and in that pain. When all men have forsaken you, when you're totally misunderstood, when you're in a place of sorrows and acquainted with grief, when you're on that Calvary road and though none come with me, I will follow, is there anything more sweeter then than the fellowship of Christ? You ever been in a place where not even a man can comfort you, not even your wife, not even your children? The pain is so deep. But God has allowed it to press you into something. Joseph, faith doesn't make your life easy. Joseph, who would like, I mean, we've got prophecies today, and, and I, 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 I like prophecies. But how would you like a prophecy like, for, like, like Paul got? By the way, Paul, everywhere you go, you're going to get beaten up and battered. Wow, can I tape that out? I'll put it on my fridge. No, everything's about selfies and prosperity and how great you're going to be. I'll tell you, most of it's flesh. I've been in ministry 17 years. I've traveled a lot. And I've sat and I've thought, this flesh. Where is all the discernment went? I believe some people are going to be great. Joseph, I've got, I'm going to give you a dream. What a dream. But what a journey. What a journey for the fulfill of the call of God in your life. What a cross that man bore. He's in a prison. He's in a pit. He's been falsely accused by a woman. He said, that man slept with me. Potiphar, and by the way, I think Potiphar believed Joseph because if he hadn't, he'd have killed him. He knew this is a good man. And it says, while Joseph was in prison, God was with him. And even at the end, when he forgave all those who persecuted and beat him up and embittered him and sold him, he said, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. What, 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 what sweet fellowship in that prison! What sweet fellowship when life is full of pain! No, I'm not being like, you know, I'm not saying you're a bit down this morning. No, I'm telling you, life is full of pain sometimes. It's a reality. I heard one guy preaching, come to Jesus, your life will be like a bed of roses. I thought, I felt like shouting out, have you ever run through a bed of roses? <laughs> well, I have. And yes, there's the fragrance of Christ, but there's a pain and the sharpness of a cross. Take the eye out of ministry. Get the eye out of church. I no longer love. Christ lives in me. You want more of God? I'll tell you, I'll save you money on books. I'll give you one, one quote. Hurry up and die. Hurry up and die. They had fellowship with Christ because God stands with those who stand with him. No compromise in the midst of trial. If we shrink back from the cross, we miss a deeper fellowship with the Christ. Uncompromising. In verse 24 and 25, it says they threw them in, and this is what it says, and that all the bounds, 
they were bound up tight and it threw them in. And it says when they were in the fire, the, bounds, the, the, the bonds became loose. I want to tell you, all the fire does is set you free from the limitations that men put on you. It breaks the fear of man. It breaks your self-confidence that you have in ourselves. The place of freedom. Who would have thought the place you would find freedom is in a furnace? Where all those insecurities. And God said, I want you to, I'm going to strip you of everything. So you have nothing left but me. So that you won't accept the praise of men or lean on men. But you totally trust me, totally surrender to me. Friends, I've seen me all bound up with insecurities and fears. I carried them in ministry. They were destroying me. But thank God for his grace. He took me through a fire. And I can honestly say, in Jesus' name, he set me free. They burned off. I was trying to get rid of them at an altar. But God got rid of them in a furnace. Now, they might get free at an altar. But for me, it was in a furnace. How true is this of spiritual experiences? How many have entered into a deeper walk with Christ through sacrificial pain and a, and a road? Many lives, I believe, are dwarfed. I mean, many Christians, many lives are dwarfed and don't develop because they've lost nothing for their faith. They've lost nothing for their faith. And Paul said, I, 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 I consider... The loss of all things that I might gain Christ. We want to gain things, but do you know what? We don't want to lose anything. We want to gain more of Christ and keep all, all, all the attachments that come with this world. And God says, listen, I don't do deals. There's the terms and conditions. Unless you follow me, pick up your cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. We've got evangelists now who are salesmen rather than proclaimers of the truth and the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Keep your salesmen trying to sell Jesus. He doesn't need sold. He needs proclaimed. The power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The good of... I was preaching once and a guy said, you know, you need to watch, you don't preach on the cross too much. People don't understand it. And I thought, are you off your loving mind? Don't preach the cross. And he said, I won't understand it. Of course they don't understand it. That's why you need the Holy Ghost to reveal it. So they go, Jesus. Who understood everything about the cross when they got saved? Nobody. But boy, you were saved. You went home, you thought, I'm saved, I'm saved, I'm saved. Because the Holy Ghost opened your eyes. It's not a man-made gospel. It's a God-given proclamation to the power of Christ. The gospel still the power of God unto salvation. Hallelujah for the old-fashioned gospel. Good news. But first it makes you miserable. It's called conviction of living a wrong life. But people are dwarfed. They come into a place of limitation. They want to be light. They don't want any criticism. They want to be popular. That's another road, but it's not this road. The only deliverance is in a fire of no compromise that burns off all that stuff. A life of no compromise. I believe a life of no compromise brings about one of the holiest callings in the Christian church. And that is simply this. A fearless stand for Jesus Christ. It says when King Nebuchadnezzar looked in, he saw a fourth man. I believe a life of no compromise is one of the most holiest callings above any other calling. When you stand a life of no compromise for Jesus, 
the heathens get a glimpse of Christ. Wow. Wow. They actually caught a glimpse. Can you imagine people would catch a glimpse of the Christ through this poor, foolish, weak vessel? I've always, I was a pastor for 10 years. I always wanted to get my church's neighbors to come up and share their testimony. I know, think about it. What about us men? Imagine your wife came up and shared a bit of your testimony this morning. Oh, oh, oh the blood. Oh, I love you, I love you. Before you go up, I love you. Oh, I love you. We shouldn't be living there. We have preached happiness above holiness. Personal happiness above integrity. And charisma above... You know, if, you, if your charisma is right and you're a nutcase, the church embrace everything. It doesn't matter about your doctrine. It doesn't matter about anything. You know, just fall down and just get washed over and don't need to change. Oh, oh listen, I'm off for the Holy Ghost. Oh, I need washed over. I want to fall down. Boy, I want, I, want, I, want, I want them to do operations in me. I want to go deeper in Christ. I want less of self. But not at the cost of just embracing anything and everything without Christ getting the preeminence. Are people seeing Christ in your life and in my life in our daily walk? That's the greatest gospel track of all, friends. The, the heathens saw that. They looked in, they saw the Christ because these men stood for Christ. You ever met somebody and you go, there's just something about them? Have you ever done that? You ever met a holy guy and you think, he's got a start, something about that character? It's because he's been, listen, anybody with any kind of anointing has been through a fire. I believe that. It's a holy calling. And lastly, it says this, they came out without the smell of smoke on them. Do you know, it's possible to live in this world as a Christian and be clean. And no have the attitude of the world on your spirit. How sweet. People who have passed through life, pain, grief, lost. How sweet to meet somebody in their old age. And you need to watch what you say when you say old age. Because the last time I said 60, I got attacked by about 14 people at the door. So I don't know what to say really. So I won't say anything. But people who are very, very old. Isn't it amazing when you meet older people and they've came through all that stuff, loss of husbands, some children, some, the real, they've lived life and their faith. Not only have they came through the fire, there's no smoke on them. There's not an ounce of bitterness. What on the, what, what? I, I mean, I can honestly say, I had to fight off bitterness once. I'll tell you, it was like, it was like, I, I, I just, it nearly took me out. Somebody disappointed me and I just turned inward. And it took about two or three months to fight it out. Thank God for his grace. Not on them, on me. Because it's a killer. And I've met, I've, I have been on the beds of people as a pastor. 1670. And I'm, I'm telling you there's a smell of smoke. They're dying with bitterness. They're dying with guilt and regret, pain and angry at God. 
Joseph came through a prison, but I'll tell you, it's no, it's no use coming through. You have to come through with the right spirit. There's a tenderness, there's a tenderness in your spirit when you've got the presence of Christ. I know people have had the most horrendous lives, and I'll tell you, they're the most compassionate people I've ever met. There's not even the smell of smoke because they've lifted their pain outward to the Christ rather than inward to Mr. Self. How many people are sitting here today embittered? Honestly, come on. I'm not condemning you, I'm just saying. God would break that stuff off your life. Don't die in that condition. You need to finish well. The Bible says in Jude, Now to him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the Father without spot or wrinkle, I want to tell you he's able. Maybe the reason you're in a fire now is because God's burning off the praise of man that you need. You've fed yourself with it and now you need it. And when you don't get it, you feel insecure and lonely. Maybe that needs burned off you. It needed burned off me. If there's one thing I didn't like, it was people not liking me. Well, who wants that? You know, with that kind of compromise, you can love your enemies. Imagine, you know, loving your enemies. Don't you just love doing that? Hugs. Hugs. <laughs> I used to pastor a church at the door, and this guy used to get me every week. Ah, I don't agree with that. So, God, I'd like to give him a Glasgow hug. <laughs> I was getting thoughts that weren't even Christian, and I was the pastor. And I went home and I went up my room and I was praying, preparing for a sermon and God said to me, as much as you love him, that's how much you love me, Jay. And it, and it wasn't a lot. And I got on my knees and I repented and, you know, I ended up loving that guy. God put something in me. It was amazing. Do you know what? I never gave him any of my time. I never listened to any of his opinions because I'd already decided something in my heart about him. As much as you love him, that's how much you love me. You can't measure by the people we like, but if that's easy. No compromise in its results. When you're in the fire, people see the Christ. So many people are, I know people out in ministry because of bitterness and disappointment. And people in life, don't let the smell of smoke on you. Say, God, use it to break me. Let me embrace that cross that brings... And know what? It's, it's no all doom and gloom. There is a thing called resurrecting. You find a power in your life to overcome sin. You can say no to things that used to bind you. You can say no to stuff that used to lead you where you didn't want to go. No compromise in its results. You get the Christ. I tell you, I, I've told God, keep all my rewards up there. I'm going to be longer dead than I'm alive. I don't care about my life at this, at this, on this earth, really. I've got a lovely wife and son. You know, I, I don't even lean on them. God, I don't know when, how long God will give me them for. I've claimed some promises in the Bible, but I've left it in his hands. I'm not building my life on anybody or anything. Certainly know this ministry or a certain tie. I know who I am. I was an addict too. I lived in shops, street, street corners and But he took me on a journey. And I'm only preaching to you this morning. I believe God gave me this word for people here this morning. I felt the spirit of God here in worship this morning. Like I've no felt for a long time. Let me say that. Places I've been. 
I felt my, my spirit worshipping. I thought, man, there's a spirit of worship here. People are hungry for more of Jesus. But I believe there's people in a fire right now, and I'll tell you at a crossroads, whether you let the smoke on you or you come right through in good shape. I believe there's people here this morning, you're going through it. And there's thorns on the road, but God says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reveal myself and people are going to see me in you. I believe there's people here this morning saying, God, less of me and more of you. You know, I often, I often, um, I often wonder <coughs> after, you know, 20, 23, 24 years, whatever it is, how I got here. You know, you just look back and I can honestly say God still takes foolish things to confound the wise. He's just looking for people who'll say, I want more of you. So if you're in the furnace this morning, Christ is with you. And if you're no one, you will be at some point. That's inevitable. But you can sing in it. You can actually sing in it. I never thought you could. I used to read the books. But then I had an encounter that brings you in. The cross is life. Do you understand that? Now, I'm not old-fastened to say don't get modern and everything, but I tell you, friends, I'm no, I don't want to get old-fastened on you, but I must admit, they have escaped a little bit on preaching the cross and the blood. And death to self, why goodness me, no, no, it's pamper, pamper self now. As if death to self is a bad word, it means, oh no, I'll just live like that until he comes back, there you go, you can't even them all. Because <laughs> that's the way it's preached. And I'm like, goodness me. I saw a young boy the other day, and I'll finish with this, I was in, I was travelling, I went there. I saw a young, a young boy with some disabled difficulties he had big shoes on and calipers and he was about this size and his, his hands were small and, and his dad went up to him I can hardly even God spoke it was amazing his dad went up to him and he said but dad nobody's listening to me and I just looked at him and I went in my car and I bawled my eyes and I'll tell you what God said to me he said that's what it's like Jay when you don't die to yourself it's like you're putting yourself in a place of limitation you're holding on to something that's crippling you in the spirit I tell you, I kind of get that I just see that boy for the last three weeks that's all I've seen in my head and God said you're putting a limitation on yourself when you don't die to yourself but dying to yourself brings such a you think you're losing something but boy, then all of a sudden you come into a place of gain and a large place and a joy. You think, why was I ever holding on to that? Do you ever think that? Why was I holding on to that? Maybe a relationship and somebody's no saved. Young girl, let him go. God will get you something better. Not if you're married. I'm just saying if you're dating. Uh-huh. Yeah, Jay told me hallelujah at last. <laughs> So the altar call is going to simply be this. I'm willing to stand, Lord. You're able to deliver me. But if you don't, I give you praise. I worship you. But if you don't, what are that? Isn't that great? Isn't that just a great statement of faith? <laughs> it's brilliant. 
But we know most of the time he does, but I'm just saying, because we're no used to it in this morning. But if he doesn't, and if he doesn't, then it's like Paul the Apostle. He never delivered me from this thorn. His grace is sufficient enough. So whether he delivers you or whether he doesn't, he's got you covered. His grace is enough to get you through. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Let's stand for a moment. You're going to...